Hi everyone, this is Carmen and Cristina, and this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible dealing with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. And and today, Carmen, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Resistance, power, and community. Okay, I'm excited because you wouldn't tell me when I tried to ask you. Yeah, I would not tell you. Okay, have you heard of Chicano Park? Mm, I don't think so. Where is okay. it? Okay, I mean, you're going to tell me. <laughs> it's in San Diego. Oh, okay. Oh, I have heard of it then. You have heard of it? Okay, well, I had no idea about this place. And I'm pretty sure most Californians have heard of it. Have heard of it, <laughs> especially if they're in Southern California yeah, or yeah. In, and in San Diego. But me being a never know what's going on North NorCal gal. <laughs> I didn't know about it. So <laughs> in the 1960s, a Mexican neighborhood came together to stop the construction of a highway patrol substation and instead build their own park known okay. as Chicano Park. And, and that's what I'm telling you today. But first, and I know we've talked about it, but I don't know if this is someone's first episode and they haven't gone back and listened to the other times we've talked about California and Mexican neighborhoods. So a very, very brief Mention on how and why Mexicans started traveling to California for like the third time. Okay. <laughs> and I know you know the story now, but and I'm starting at the 1900s. Uh, obviously, we know that this is indigenous land uh, and it was not always Mexican either. And Mexico themselves colonized this area. Like we know that I'm skipping past that because that's a lot. And I'm starting in the 1900s. So as a result of the Mexican Revolution, many Mexicans began fleeing the war and leaving Mexico and going into California. And because it's closer to the border, many settled in San Diego and Los Angeles, as we've talked about in the Bat Battle of Chavez Ravine episode. In San Diego itself, many settled in a neighborhood called Logan Heights. And for that reason, Logan Heights became known as Barrio Logan instead of Logan Heights. And this community was thriving in their own way. They were building their houses from scratch. They were building their neighborhood uh, as tends to happen, became like a little Mexico. They didn't need to leave this area for anything. There was tienditas with tortillas. There was like a supermarket. There was everything. Everything they needed was in their neighborhood. That sounds like a dream. But because of gentrification, yeah. it's not the case in many places now. But back then it was. They didn't even need to know English, as we've talked about before yeah. in, in many episodes. And that's beautiful to me. But the neighborhood began diminishing during the Great Depression because we will have an, our own episode on this one day. But I think we've mentioned before in other episodes or alluded to this, there was a big deportation of Mexicans during the Great Depression. There was repatriation drives. Oh, I guess that's what I was thinking. Repatriation. Yeah. Mexican repatriation uh -huh. is the name of it. Mm -hmm. That's what was happening here. And so Badger Logan was decreasing in numbers. It wasn't it was losing people. It's people. Then during World War Two, Badger Logan began growing again because soldiers were now overseas and workers were needed. And and we've talked about this, too. But the Bracero program. This is it's been going on. It had been going on for a while, but it really the United States really used, utilized Mexican workers during this both wars because they needed people to work. And so for that reason, during World War II, Barrio Logan was growing again. 
People were working there as laborers, cannery workers, welders, pipe fitters, longshoremen. There was especially a lot of work in Los Yonques junkyards, and a lot of former houses were being replaced by Yonques. And then after World War II was over, and as we see it happened many times, uh, the work starts disappearing. More people, veterans are coming back. They need work too. And so Barrio Logan began to degrade. Uh, families were forced to move. There was also a lot of construction during this time and a lot of rezoning. So this neighborhood, Barrio Logan, was rezoned for industrial use and for the construction of the I-5. We talk about like uh, gentrification and Mexican families being moved for Dodger Stadium, but many Mexican families were also moved to build I-5. Mm. That's another, a lot of people were kicked out of their homes. There was a lot of, what was the name of the thing where the government was like, we're buying this. Oh, um, isn't it imminent uh, domain or something like that? Imminent? Yeah. Something, yeah. Something. You're right. They use that, you know, yeah. to take people's home for very little prices. So and to demolish them and build I, the I-5 bridge, Coronado Bridge, that was part of I-5. So, yeah, people began being forcibly, forcibly moved from their homes. Those who remained in the neighborhood, they loved it. They were doing what they could to thrive. But they could see that they were losing their neighborhood to these yonkes and to all this infrastructure. And for a long time, the people of the neighborhood had been requesting a park from the city because they had like their own. So the bridge, like houses were demolished. The bridge was put over it. And under the bridge, there's just this land all there that's empty. Houses can't be there anymore. So it was just an empty field. And that's where they wanted a park. And they've been asking the city for forever for a park and a park. And I think after like five years of meetings and requesting parks and stuff, the city finally agreed. But then nothing really happened for a while. So the city agreed and they promised to build that park. To, and they were doing this to compensate for the loss of those. It was 5,000 houses. Oh, wow. 5,000 homes. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. They were like, okay, this is our way of making up for her these 5,000 homes and businesses for the I-5 and the bridge construction. So some time passed. It was June 1969 when the park was officially approved and the land for the park was designated. And that was the land underneath the bridge, Coronado Bridge. But still, nothing happened for a year. Uh, they were just waiting and waiting and finally, the people of Barrio Logan, finally, they saw construction trucks under the bridge. And everyone just assumed that it was for the park that they had asked for. Damn. <laughs> and had been promised, right? So this was April 22nd, 1970. Mario Solis, a young man, resident of Barrio Logan, was walking and he saw the construction. And uh, he walked up to the one of the workers and he asked, oh, are you finally building the park for us? Oh, man. And the construction worker scoffed at him and was like, park, what park? We're building a parking lot for the highway patrol station. Wow. Out of all the things, they had been promised a park. And now you're you're telling they're going to be policed even more. The police is already out here yeah. terrorizing these Mexican neighborhoods. So what do you mean you're going to put a police station there? No. So then 
uh, hearing this, Mario Solis, he immediately went door to door to everyone he knew, everyone in the neighborhood. And he started telling them um, about the construction, that this isn't for a park. This is for the Highway Patrol parking lot. And then he ran over to the San Diego Community College and he told his Chicano studies professor, Gil Robledo, and uh, the students in the class. And so students in the class, some of them were Rico Bueno, Josie Talamantes. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. Rico Bueno is such a cool name. Doesn't he sound like he's fucking cool? Like, uh, Yeah, I'm picturing yeah. just someone like so smooth, like... Like Fonzie or something. Yeah, but like actually cool. Yeah, no, actually cool. Yeah. Uh, like he was in Greece, but he was actually cool. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fucking singing nerd. <laughs> like he was a pony boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is funny that they had a bunch of white people in that movie because Isn't they're supposed so to be funny. <laughs> so funny that that they stole their aesthetic from mexicans yeah it's hilarious that the, that the greaser act was actually you know <laughs> that's, that's where the term greaser comes from <laughs> yeah uh that's an episode for another day <laughs> but yeah i imagine rico bueno is one of them wait i'm sorry uh i've been trying to remember this whole time what year you said this took place this is now 1970 april 22nd oh, okay, 1970 okay, okay. now i'm picturing someone cool like just from the 70s I just don't know what cool people look like in the 70s. I can only picture hippies thanks to uh, history uh, class. That was the 60s. Wow, I'm behind again. 70s was disco. Oh, the disco you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is a side note on um, Rico Bueno. So he's a he was a Vietnam veteran and he ended up throwing away his service medal that he earned during the war in the Chicano Moratorium March. Ah, something else that we're going to cover. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we need to. Because I don't know much about it either. Just that it happened. Yeah, I just know that it happened. Also. But of course, Rico Bueno was there. I mean, and yeah. And now he's here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these students all got into action. They made flyers. They spread the word at noon. They all walked out of their classes. Word spread to the local high schoolers and they walked out of their class. I love it. I love that. <laughs> Everyone walked uh, over to the construction site and there was already a lot of people there. Everyone that Mario Solis had knocked at their doors. Everyone was there from the neighborhood. It was like grandmas, grandpas, young kids, everyone. They had shovels. They formed human chains around bulldozers. Wow. Mario Solis commandeered a bulldozer. <laughs> to flatten the land they began to plant plants <laughs> they started painting oh my god I'm, I'm sorry i know this is like a much actual like important time in history that happened that people took charge but all i can think about is the parks and rec episode um oh my god <laughs> yeah huh what is the song oh it's gonna bug me now i don't remember i know what your episode you're talking about but i don't remember the song kaboom yeah, that's so new. Yeah, the community began to build their own park. And uh, there's a woman. Her name was Laura Rodriguez. Her neighbors all referred to her as Abuelita. Oh, I love that. She went home and brought back rice, beans, and tamales for as, as, like, as much as she could. Like, she went to feed everybody? Yes, yeah. Amazing. She went, took a couple people with her, and yeah, they made food for everyone. 
And the the crowd grew to almost 300 people. And at that point, the construction crew gave up. They're like, We're, we can't do this. Amazing. Um, yes. And then the construction crew left. And the people of Barrio Logan occupied this land for 12 days. <gasps> wow. During the occupation of the land, police showed up and demanded to speak to the leader. And when they did that, everyone would point to a different person. I love that. I keep saying that. Oh, my God. But I mean, I truly do. I mean, yeah, because that's what happens when you point out like a leader, like that's who they go to. But when they don't know who the leader is, what are they going to do? Yeah. So the police just left confused. They didn't identify a leader because nobody pointed to anyone. Everyone pointed to different people on purpose. Like it was like, I like I'm Squidward. Yeah. (laughs) Also, because there were so many families present during the entire 12 days, they didn't violently remove anyone. They didn't even try. Wow. Because there was, uh, I mean, like I said, grandpas, grandmas, Mm -hmm. babies, like. I'm surprised, honestly, because that doesn't always hold them back. Doesn't, yeah. Hasn't stopped them before. Yeah. And it even got to the point where activists from L.A. and Oakland. (laughs) Wow. Went to help Barrio Logan. And then the people of Barrio Logan formed a committee. They called it the Chicano Park Steering Committee in order to direct the effort to build the park and to cooperate with the city. So finally, after 12 days, the Chicano community, uh, Barrio Logan and the city, they came to an agreement. The city agreed to acquire the land from the state of California for the development of Chicano Park. The steering committee maintained that they would reoccupy this land if negotiations for the park failed. So they were like, we're negotiating. But if at any point... I believe it. Yeah. If at any point you you go back on your word or something. Yeah. yeah. If you go back on your word, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) And so on July 1st, 1970, $21,814.96 were allocated for the development of a 1.8-acre parcel of land. On the day the occupation began, they had started smaller landscaping projects and they had started painting already. But with this money that was actually allocated, they could actually build a nice park. Mm -hmm. There was Chicano artists there like daily working on murals. And uh, I mean, I'm going to mention it later in my notes, but if you look up the park now, you'll see it. The murals are beautiful. I've um I've actually seen some pictures, and now that I think about it, I'm I know this park uh, because my friend is very into like Chicano culture and like lowriders and stuff. <laughs> and yeah. she, I don't know if she told me she like wanted to go to this park or, or they were having like an event there because they still have like I will tell you every year on the anniversary yeah. of the takeover of this park. They have a big, big event to come to remember that day. Like this is the day that Chicano Park came to be. And so they have lowriders there. They have folklore. I wonder if that's the event she had sent me that she wanted to go to. It probably was. It has to be. I would like to go one day. Yeah, that would be cool. But I mean, how cool? Because, yeah, like I've heard of this park and I've seen people like post it and it like looks really cool. But to find out how it originated... Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing story. Like, you hear it and you're like, oh, my God, these people came together. I'm not done yet, though. Let me continue. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So, July 1st, the money was allocated. They began to actually work on the park. And this was like, a, went on for a while. Uh, on October 1970, many of the same activists that were involved in the Chicano Park 
occupation took over an empty building that was almost next to the park, including Abuelita Laura Rodriguez. Amazing. So they decided that this empty building was going to be a community health clinic. And I think even before the park, the, the Barrio Logan had a community action committee already, I think. Mm. If not, it started after the park, but I'm not sure which one came first. I did, forgot to like write it down. So Laura Rodriguez had brought the idea to the, the action committee about making this a community health clinic. And everyone's like, oh, my God, yeah, that's a really good idea. But nobody was doing anything. And so Laura Rodriguez and other activists, including other grandmothers, took over the building. <laughs> wow. After they, nothing was happening. Laura and other fearless abuelitas slept inside the building at night so that the police couldn't come and take it back. Amazing. Yeah, she even slept in front of the door of the building to block anyone from entering, i.e. the the police. And the police did arrive to remove them, but nobody dared remove these grandmothers. They're like, we're not going to be on record for like arresting all these abuelitas. Yeah. Yeah. So after eight days of occupying this empty building, the city of San Diego gifted it to Barrio Logan. Wow. The Chicano Free Clinic was established. Amazing. Truly amazing. Yeah. It has since been renamed to the Logan Heights Family Health Center. But two weeks uh, or like immediately after they took it over, they began servicing the community two evenings a week. And eventually they started seeing 150 patients a month. To this day, like now today, the clinic is one of the 10th largest health centers in the country. Wow. All over the United States. And they provide care to over 227,000 patients each year. And 91% of these patients are low income and 29% are uninsured. Like, wow. They they said community care and and really did it. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And now, okay, back to the park, because this is like really all connected. But now back to the park. <laughs> bigger, the bigger work on the murals didn't start until 1973. And one of the founding members of the committee, uh, his name is or was, I don't remember if he's alive anymore. Anyway, <laughs> Victor Ochoa. And he recalls that on on March 23rd, 1973, he brought 300 brushes with him and there was almost 300 people there all weekend helping to paint these murals and the first group of murals took almost two years to complete and these murals contain themes addressing immigration feminism historical and civil rights leaders like zapata there's a che guevara there's there's a lot of murals like they're all so beautiful um, one thing I completely left out, just because I think you know my feelings on Aslan. Oh. Mm-hmm. But this is Chicano Park. And it was the 70s. It was the 70s. Yeah. So when they were making the park, they had uh, these red rocks that said Aslan, like, built into the the ground. Oh. And there was a lot of protest over that from, like, non-Mexican, the non-Mexican community, like, the San the rest of the people in San Diego, like, how can you have this? This is like a a terrorist word. Like, really? This is racist. And then it went to court and the court ruled on the side of uh, Barrio Logan. Wow. And they let them keep the word Aslan in the ground. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, on the day of the takeover, they raised the Aslan flag as well. Oh. I mean, yeah, nowadays, you know, 
we can view that as problematic. Um, and I guess maybe have we explained what Aslan is? I don't know if we have. I don't think so. And I don't think I've explained it on like a spooky tales either. So Aslan is like the belief that it's like the ancestral home of Aztec people. And, you know, obviously um, now we say like Mexica. They believe that it, it's like people from Aslan. That's what Aslan means. And specifically, the some Chicanos refer to Aslan as Mexican territories that had been annexed by the United States. And it's like a symbol now. And some Chicanos believe that they have like a legal and a legal right and like a right by their and why I feel so ugh, about it is because even people people can identify as Chicano and you don't have any like indigenous. Yeah. You're not indigenous, right? And so, but they claim that they have like a right to this land because they are Chicanos and because they are indigenous. But it erases the actual indigenous people that this land is because like they believe that it's it ha- it's an actual like location. I guess it's everything, isn't it? Everything that um uh-huh. go lost during the revolution kind of yeah yeah so it's california last or nevada sorry not revolution Texas. though Texas. with united states is what i meant <laughs> yes 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 yeah all those all those states yeah arizona new mexico yeah yeah and i mean people believe in the different places there's even like a site in wisconsin called astalan and after, like, people think that, it, I don't know, it just, there's I so many places not know people, that. yeah, people think that it's there. And it's like, people believe that the Mexica before going to Tenochtitlan, which is Ciudad Mexico yeah. now, uh, they believe that they were in Aslan, they migrated from Aslan to Tenochtitlan. I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry, I'm stuttering. But <laughs> again, like, as we said, it erases like you know the the chumash the yeah and it like makes it like it was one indigenous group of people when there was many different you know yeah mm-hmm. exactly so that's why i, I kind of left all of it out mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i was like no i should mention it <laughs> a little bit i mean so it's part of the history as embarrassing as that is <laughs> yeah i don't yeah and that's why i brought it up because i was like i don't want to erase it or rewrite it we all had our face not all yeah. of us but a lot of us had a face where we're like oh la raza la raza this oh yeah <laughs> for sure yeah especially Mexico growing up in this. california chicana mm-hmm. this um, yeah and it's like you grow up and you realize like no, this land, even though we say, oh, the border crossed us or this was Mexico's like, OK, but before it was quote unquote Mexico's, they also t- colonized this land. Like, yeah. And it takes a lot to to learn that like we hold on. And that's why like now, well, for a while, but I think it's more prominent now. There's like an anti Latino movement. I don't know what, you, what they're calling it because the term Latino itself is colonial right like we're like and so then it gets into like okay so then what do we call ourselves and it's like yeah I mean, do you need to i don't know you can yeah you can and do I'm whatever not, you want yeah that's what i'm saying like you can <laughs> yeah. call yourself what you want but like i think it's also important to recognize that mexico el salvador the nationalities that we identify with are also oppressive and are colonial and although like it serves as an identity for us that identity itself 
has been harmful to indigenous people and black people. Yes. And there is no harm in seeing that. Yeah. I mean, two things can be true, you know, at once. Exactly. And you can still say you're Mexican, you're Salvadorian. You can still use the identifier Chicana Chicano if you want. Like, yeah. But recognize that Mm -hmm. it has, it comes with, I don't know. And yeah. And all of that, I think was not, it wasn't seen that way, like back, you know, then. And that's where we get a lot of things like about la raza this and la raza that, you know. And, yeah. And, you know, and today you will see people that dine on this hill of like, yeah. these are not bad terms, these blah, 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 anti-blackness. I love it. <laughs> Latinx. Yeah. White people made that word up and it's like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Anyway, we're, um, let me go back to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was important to mention, though. So, um there was also um, in 1978 a mural marathon that took place from April 1st to April 22nd. And during those 22 days, 10,000 square feet of murals were painted. Uh, wow. So amazing. And I mean, I'm going to, we'll be posting pictures of the murals. I mean, there's so many. I was just looking so them up many, right now. They're so beautiful. I want to go and take pictures in front of all the murals. But then I'm like, do I want to block the murals? I don't. <laughs> Maybe off to the side and pointing at them. <laughs> You can crash I'll figure it out. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like this. Yeah. We can add it to the tour of places we go to, historical places. Um, yeah. We can stop at uh, that taco place that oh, we mentioned yeah. uh, oof, so many episodes ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, as I said earlier, but uh, every year on or near the anniversary, there is a celebration of the takeover of the occupation of the land. There's ballet folklorico, there's music, there's lowriders. It's a true celebration. And uh, the community is prideful. They celebrate Chicano Park regularly, but there have always been those that don't agree with the park um, since the creation of the park, of course. Conservatives have objected to the murals depicting... Losers. Yeah, fucking losers. (laughs) Depicting... Or referring to communist... Okay, there is a Fidel Castro mural, or at one oh, point there I was. I figured I there probably there was, because, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Fidel Castro, Che Guevara, Salvador Allende. Um, so they're like, this is anti-American, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. They just say blah, that because they have no culture. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to act like capitalism is their culture. It is, though. I guess it is, yeah. It's not like it is, it is, it is, is. <laughs> I mentioned that there was a group that like, objected um, to the word Aztlán. That happened in 2003. When you first mentioned that, I thought you were going to say like there was like indigenous people that objected to that term. I didn't know you were going to say. No, I actually watched two documentaries on this on YouTube. I will put them in the link uh, in the show notes. I mean, I'll put the links to them. They're fascinating to watch. Um, you could see Laura Rodriguez in the first one because she was still alive. The first one was um, filmed in like the 1990s. Oh. So the people that participated, most of them were still thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was at an old age. So she's not... A few of them are not in the second one anymore. The second one was made like in 2020. So, uh, and in the second one, they're talking to different people, right? But there's part of some indigenous group that like regularly works with the Chicano Park people. And they're like fine with like, oh, we're brothers and sisters. They're, they don't care about the word Aslan. Oh, really? So, uh, I mean, obviously I have no 
saying like telling people how to feel yeah. about it that's just how we feel about it and just it. because they say that doesn't yeah. mean all everyone exactly feel like that um but the people in this video were like fine with it they're even in like some ceremony um not like a powwow but like they're like at a sweat lodge and they're doing oh, like some okay. indigenous ceremony um together like the chicano park people and they have like youth groups there and they just it, the um committee still going it's yeah you should everyone should check those documentaries out they're like 40 minutes uh long each each one but i really like the first one um because they're going through like the takeover basically i watched the whole thing to for my notes really including like what was his name the guy i mentioned earlier who commandeered the mm, bulldozer i forgot mario his name or something mario solis i think i think maybe yeah, uh, and like I said, Laura Rodriguez is in it too, and she's like talking about taking over the building. <laughs> wow. She's like, I slept in front of that door. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> anyway, that's not what I was gonna say. Um, I mentioned the Aslan thing that happened in two thousand three, where the word did not violate the law, and so they kept it, and it's probably still there. It's in like red stones. In two thousand sixteen, the park was added to the National Historic Landmarks. Nice. But uh, this is what I was looking for that I wanted to mention. Uh, in 2017, September, this guy, a leader of a fart right group called Patriot Fire. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It sounded like he said fart. Right. Oh, uh, they've funny farts. Yeah. <laughs> they are farts. <laughs> no, Patriot Fire. I was going to say fart. <laughs> my bad. Patriot Fart. That's funny. Imagine oh my God. a right group, um, <laughs> right, far right group called Patriot Fart. <laughs> Anyway, no, it's called Patriot Fire, and they organized a Patriot picnic in the park to protest against uh, the anti-American mur- murals. Oh, my God. Like, those have been there mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut forever. <up>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised it was 2017 either. Yeah, I know. That was like the, look at the climate. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Trump had mm-hmm. one office in 2016, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, they had like a tiny patriot picnic they had this picnic over 500 community members <laughs> of the park like, and supporters of Chip- chicano park then went to the park in response to this <laughs> and uh the fart ray group oh my god <laughs> I you said can't fart hear right. it now do you actually said it <laughs> no i think i said it <laughs> the far right group patriot fire was then escorted from the park by the police Good. by their friends Good riddance, you dumb bitches. Yeah, they were outnumbered by a lot. Um, And then they tried this Patriot picnic again in 2018. And this time it wasn't Patriot Fire. It was Border Town Patriots. They love the word Patriots. Border Town Patriots. Ridiculous. It's so dumb. They made this picnic with the intention of taking the Aslan flag in the park and replacing it with a U.S. flag. I mean, I just, I'm honestly embarrassed for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they attempted to enter the park, but they were prevented by hundreds of community <laughs> members. Outnumbered again. How does it feel to be such a fucking loser? <laughs> like, I don't Seriously. even have any other words. Like, nothing profound. Like, just like straight up fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. And um, four of the far right. Oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> just just continue that i mean we're just we're we all hear it now fart right yeah you're right <laughs> uh four of the Waratown patriots mm-hmm, of the fart right, were yes. arrested one for assaulting a peace officer wow 
another for was a peen on a mural oh my god see like why are you yeah. acting a fool embarrassing yeah assaulting a peace officer i thought they were your friends i thought it was that was whatever i'm talking about the peen <laughs> no i know i know i thought it was blue lives matter though oh what happened to the thin blue line <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what i wanted to add but regardless of the haters of the far-right groups every time they try to do something they are outnumbered by hundreds mm-hmm. like it just goes to show like when the community comes together they come together <laughs> yeah um but yeah that was chicano park the history of chicano park well that was amazing i knew about this park but of course i didn't know how it came to be and wow i don't even remember how i came across it hmm. oh i saw a tiktok about chicano park they were just uh someone was like showing the park like have oh. you guys seen chicano park mm-hmm. like and the murals and i was like what is this place <laughs> and bam down the rabbit hole i went <laughs> Well, that was nice. Uh, it's nice to break away from the sometimes horrible stuff we talk about. Stories involving a lot of death and murder and genocide. Yeah. And just, I mean, this was community power and resistance uh, mm-hmm. encapsulated into one historic yeah. uh, story. So Amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add? I don't. Okay. I just wanted to thank our listeners because... <laughs> Our rating went up to four point oh. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming through for us. Yeah, it means a lot um to be in the fours. Uh, yeah, because you know what, we were there, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, when the numbers increase on that one episode that yeah. shall not be named, just kidding, it was the history of Bukele episode. <laughs> uh, then our ratings tanked, and it's I mean, there's an obvious obvious correlation. Yeah. And although correlation does not equal causation. Oh, I said that wrong. You did. Causation. It makes me think of that <laughs> video that went around about I the dog. Thank you. The croissants. <laughs> yeah. Croissant. <laughs> I tried showing oh. it to Paul and he didn't think it was funny. I was like, wow, you suck. Wow. Like, lame. Today I wanted a croissant. Croissant. <laughs> croissant. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that sentence I started because now my mind is on croissant. <laughs> but yeah thank you listeners Uh, and then i did want to mention um last episode we talked about camilo torres estrepo and i don't know why i wanted to call him carlos for a second (laughs) yeah remember his name is beautiful and it's camilo yes yeah and i did a little bit more reading after the episode because you know how we be (laughs) um a mess how we be (laughs) and i learned that liberation theology had not been like named yet but he's like considered a pioneer of it so i just wanted like to correct myself because we learn from ourselves all the time in our mistakes yeah so yeah i just wanted to put that out there yes yes all right thank you everybody for listening recommend this episode to a friend give us a five-star rating again please Yeah, and like they say, five star ratings don't do anything for the algorithm, and it's not for the algorithm. It's because we were trolled. (laughs) That's why I'm asking for five, just just to get back to a normal number, which we, you know, actually we're at four now. It's good. It's good. I guess you don't have to leave us a review, but I mean, you know, it it just makes us feel nice. It's not for the algorithm. It's for our egos. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. It's to make me feel like this is worth it. Just kidding. <laughs> I will tell you that sometimes we get messages from people after a certain episode, like, oh my God, um, I didn't know anything of this happened. And I'm from like this place and I can't believe I didn't know. And we didn't learn this in school. So thank yeah. you so much. Those feed my ego. <laughs> yeah. I love those. Um, those few, those like make me cry. Um, someone <laughs> messaged us that their grandpa was at the Ponce massacre. Yeah. And if you are still listening, girl, you made me cry. I cried too. Yes. Uh, and um, yeah, so that honestly, that just means the world. That means more than like any stars. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you, everybody. And did we say yes on that catchphrase or no? <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's what we have. So let's just do it. Okay. Did I say we hope this is one less historia unknown for you? See, like that's what you were still workshopping it. Oh, like. no. How about and now that is one this is less. one less historia unknown for you. Yeah. Or and now this is one less historia unknown. Yeah. But I maybe like it was that. known all along and we just didn't know. I don't know. It's Deep fine. down in our hearts, it was known, but not really known. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know. It was an historia known for us, but no longer. Yeah. Okay, we know what we're like. We need to stop going this off the rail now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.